The Will You Grow Show goes live Sundays 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. To receive notifications, click the subscribe button beneath this video or visit YouTube's Will You Grow channel to see more shows and videos. And now, here's Will You founder Angelique Meadow with this week's Will You Grow Show. Welcome to the Will You Grow Show. How are you? My name is Angelique, and I'm here to ignite your inner courage to liberate yourself from limitations. I'm the founder of Will You and WillYouGrow.com, an inspirational multimedia company that provides personal growth and joy through education, conversations, and adventures. Our weekly grow shows, like the one you're watching today, begin by tackling touchy subjects that'll tickle your tempestuous thoughts, fan your eternal flame, and salve your soul with hope. Halfway through, we'll take a 60-second look at what people have to say about us, and we'll share any new goodies that we've created just for you. Then we'll go hands-on to talk fun tips and tools to begin implementing today's lesson into your life. Here in the studio with me today are our audio aficionado, Ben. Hello, viewers. <laughs> and our video, Santa Neil. Greetings. They help make this show happen while sharing their colorful quips and comments. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Nature, who keep our hearts beating and our world turning. And we are grateful for that. We are also thankful for each and every viewer who hits the like, share, and subscribe buttons today. And we're glad that each of you are here. Now, on to today's episode, How to Die with Grace. Though dying and gracefulness may seem to be odd bedfellows, when aligned, they allow us to flow and change with life's ever-ebbing and flowing tide. Today, we'll take a look at ways we can ease our way into grace and death, both physically and spiritually. Death can be physical, and it's also much more. According to the definitions in Oxford languages, dying is the process of death, the gradual ceasing of physical function. The example given is the dying embers of a fire. Many of us, when we think of death, Think of this physical component of death. For example, the moments before the embers of the fire go out. However, in a non-physical way, each of us experience death regularly. For example, if we had a dream to be a baseball player or a professional chef and that didn't come to fruition, our dream may die. We may have an idea to make the world's best whatchamacallit. And the idea died. We may have had a committed relationship for many years, and it may have died. Our thoughts arise and die. Our feelings arise and die. Our plans arise and die. Our clothes are made and then wear out and die. Musical performances and even single songs arise and die. Almost everything, when we look at it, arises and dies. We experience many forms of death each day. Death is kind of like recycling. The songs we've written or sung may be heard by others and give birth to new songs, thoughts, or ideas within the listeners. 
Our worn-out clothes deteriorate and return to the soil, which can grow new cotton crops that will make new shirts. Our old relationships have changed us, and this change can be felt by others. So the relationship lives on through us. In most cases, things don't die. They just recycle. It's all our perception of death. Our response to dying affects the way we live. It can be easy to see that how we perceive and react to what even may seem to be a small or somehow insignificant death, like the death of a great meal, can affect us throughout each day. If we resist death, be it physical or otherwise, we may prolong our current state and enjoy it or savor our meal for a little while longer, for example. But we cannot forego dying and death. And any resistance we may have to dying and death can cause frustration, anger, pity, controlling behaviors like tantrums, and even denial that dying is in fact occurring. An example we might consider is of a person in power whose time is over and must now step down. How will he or she die to that season in their life? Will he or she flail? Will he or she force their opinions on others? Or will they die to that season of their life with grace? and flow easily into the next season alert and aware for the opportunities that it may bring. Grace is more than elegance. Grace, as defined by Oxford languages, is doing honor or credit to someone or something by one's presence. The example used there is, quote, she bowed out from the sport she graced for two decades, unquote. Grace is also defined as a divine influence such as beauty, compassion, patience, and love, which imparts strength and virtue. Grace, as it relates to how we perceive and react to dying, is both rare and beautiful. In fact, high levels of resistance to death are so common that in 1915, Sigmund Freud's seminal essay titled, quote, Thoughts for the Time on War and Death, unquote, listed a phobia described as a feeling of dread, anxiety, or fear at the thought of death, or anything to do with dying. He termed this anxiety related to fear of death as thanatophobia. Psychologytoday.com also lists the fear of death as a root cause of many other fears, such as flying, bugs, viruses, crowds, spiders, etc., because people fear those items since contact with them may lead to death. Death can be difficult. We love what we love, and we want to keep it forever. It can be hard to submit, succumb, and let go to the ebb and flow of life and to death. However difficult or easy, however filled with suffering or grace, death may be difficult and it is also inevitable. If we choose to resist death, 
we can make it more difficult. How much of our state of mind about death and dying lies within us versus with our circumstances? Some of us may get our feathers ruffled a little bit by this, but there's good with the bad. Although death means the end of some things, it means the birth of others. The question is, will we focus on what we're losing or what we may lose? And might we instead become curious about where life is changing, recycling, and being reborn? Where we choose to focus and how we choose to react is up to us. Although death cannot make us behave poorly, our fear, resistance, and anger about dying and death can drive us to behave in ways that we wish we hadn't and leave lasting memories on those around us. Dying and death is easier with acceptance and grace. Letting go of anything is a process. Whether we recognize that it's time to let go of the old clothes, let the old concept of success go, let the old job go, let the old car go, let the bad idea go, or let a relationship go, or let the body of a loved one go. How do we choose to handle this? Will we choose consciously? At the end of the last few shows, we posed a question to help us evolve and become more conscious of our choices. The question is posed to help us make decisions in our daily life. The question, is, does what I'm about to do or choose add contentment or chaos, also known as unhappiness? It's something worth considering. Why might we not choose grace? The problem we may encounter when we consider whether or not to retrain ourselves to accept life and death with grace is that we've been benefiting from chaos usually in an unconscious way. There are many reasons we may consciously or unconsciously make this choice. Here are four of a myriad of reasons that we may not choose grace and instead resist dying and death. Number one, because being afraid feels safe. Fear may feel common and feel like home. Two, fear keeps our minds off the other things, like maybe our guilt over life decisions, unpaid debts and bills, answering calls, quitting addictions, going to work, etc. The fear keeps our mind off of those things. Three, we feel shame and cling to the fear as a means of self-punishment. Four, we're punishing others with our fear, expecting them to feel the same as we do. Number five, we seek attention, complaining of our fears so that others pay attention. Will we continue to invite chaos, unhappiness, or disgrace? If we've chosen to benefit from any of these five items, or we've considered or discovered a new one of our own, 
we've been inviting chaos and unhappiness into our own world and to the world of the people around us. This may be the only way we've known life to be, and it may seem like the only way life can be. If we relate to this idea that fear of death is the norm, and that fear should be the norm for us, then here are some reasons we might consider that grace is an alternative. What are the potential results of the fear of death? As listed on the Australian Psychological Society website, thoughts of death have the ability to create a sense of powerlessness, loneliness, meaninglessness, and for some individuals may seriously undermine their experience of happiness or peace. Although people may develop helpful methods of managing their fears of death, such as building relationships and working towards meaningful goals, they may equally engage in maladaptive coping strategies, such as avoidance. As a result, death anxiety has been argued to be a transdiagnostic construct contributing to the development and maintenance of numerous mental health conditions, as cited by Iberac, Menzies, and Menzies in 2014. For example, fears of death feature heavily within illnesses of anxiety and the somatoform disorders. With body checking, frequent medical appointments, and reassurance seeking, and requests for medical testing being key behaviors in these conditions. In a similar vein, individuals with panic disorder may frequently worry that they're having a heart attack and consult with cardiologists in order to keep such fears of death at bay. Most, if not all, of the common specific phobias can similarly be seen as having death anxiety at the root. With flying, water, spiders, snakes, and enclosed and high places all having the potential to occasion death. In obsessive compulsive disorder, patients often explicitly describe their compulsive washing as an attempt to protect themselves and their family from germs and fatal illnesses, while others describe their compulsive checking of stovetops, PowerPoints, and locks as a means of present preventing household fires, electrocutions, and invasion. Also shown on the Britannica.com website, there is a risk of death from the fear of death. Ironic, yes? In fact, any strong emotional reaction can trigger fatal amounts of a chemical such as adrenaline in the body. It happens very rarely, but it can happen to anyone. The risk of death from fear or another strong emotion is greater for individuals with pre-existing heart conditions, but in people who are perfectly healthy in all other respects can also fall victim. Being scared to death boils down to an autonomic response to a strong emotion such as fear. For fear-induced deaths, the demise starts with our flight or fight response, which is the body's physical response to a perceived threat. This response is characterized by an increased heart rate, anxiety, perspiration, and increased blood glucose levels, all from fear. With all that said, I'm sure we can think of lots of reasons why grace might be a fabulous alternative, as difficult as it may feel. So is grace possible? With practice, 
I have found that grace is possible even amidst external circumstances. It can be challenging, since chaos is a habit that needs to be broken just like any other addiction. And that's the way we need to treat the fear and chaos, like a bad habit that kills our satisfaction, peace, and happiness. I'm still learning to be more content, and I'm still learning to be more graceful, (laughs) and I'm still learning a lot of things. And I'll share a little fresh related story about my journey in both resistance and grace. Once upon a time, Angelique was so afraid of being judged for not the correct appearance or not the correct level of intelligence or not the highest level of professional um, status that when it was less than her best, she would remove herself. And I say that in light of the fact that even today, I have some blisters that have broken out on my face, which you may or may not be able to see. But the point is, I know they're there. There was a time in my life when I would have not shared messages because I felt that I was not offering my very optimal performance, which included my physical appearance. But I'm sharing with you that in compassion and grace, not only to the value of myself beyond that, but also the importance of this message, maybe there are some of you who really needed to hear this now. And had I waited, that message about grace might have come a little bit late. We never know which day is our last or someone that we love. What day is their last? So I wanted to come to you. And at this stage in my life, I did not hesitate to do so. I did take the compassionate choice of resting as much as I could before this and caring for me. But by giving myself the grace to care for me and also value the importance of the message, I feel that my level of grace for life and myself has continued to increase. And I hope that you all feel the benefit of that. (laughs) So I also ask myself, in giving myself this grace, what am I giving birth to? And what has died? I've allowed the fear to die. And that's taken many years. I'm not a youngster anymore. (laughs) But the fear that the importance of my message wouldn't be important enough to other people for them to see past my appearance, that has died. Because I know that the messages are going to reach someone, whoever it is that needs it. And what am I giving birth to? I'm giving birth to that opportunity. I'm giving birth to the opportunity to not only honor the value of that message, but honor the reception of those persons who might be in need. And for some, if we look at what are we giving birth to when something dies, it might be humility. For me, it's just been a deeper love of my inner courage and strength and a proclamation of my non-physical gifts, such as insight, vision, compassion, willingness to slow down and to seek within. So what can we do to be more graceful amidst our circumstance? Here are six tips for more grace. 
Tip number one, don't rush anything. Not energetically, emotionally, or physically. This may be done through deep breathing techniques, deeper awareness, deeper respect for life, and all involved, prayer, and curiosity, to name a few. Tip number two, accept life as it is right now. Acceptance allows us to be satisfied with ourselves and life because both can change for the better and be accepted right now. Tip number three, accept that everything changes. Everything is in flux and holds potential for a change in the future. Tip number four, refocus on what's emerging, changing, being born, or whatever our mission is for this circumstance or our life. Tip number five, cultivate awe and wonder. Let's face it, life and death are both a mystery. One of the best things we can do is to be in awe and wonder about it. Tip number six. Lastly, but definitely not least, we can take time for ourselves. We cannot care for others if our own temple is in disarray. And by temple, I'm referring to our physical body and mind, which include our perception and our emotions. Maintaining a graceful countenance requires attention, care, and rest. We can honor the life within us and others by caring for our own well-being with dignity and compassion. By refocusing away from what we may be losing, we build willpower and grace. Each and every time we choose to refocus away from what death takes from us and onto what makes us feel present with life and its process, we build connection and willpower. Each of us have the free will to choose what we focus upon. In the past, our willpower muscles may have been inadvertently used to focus on our resistance, regret, and unhappiness regarding death and dying. If we feel ourselves slipping into that old habit and we don't want to do that anymore, we can gently, calmly, and kindly say to ourselves. I choose to focus on the ways life is working right now. Or I focus on awe and wonder. Or I focus on compassion for all, including myself. As we seek this new focus, grace will naturally occur. There's a whole lot of information out there about grace and death and how to process this possibly difficult time in our life. And I recommend researching it further to discuss and discover ways that you can experience more grace in your life. And now we'll turn it over to you to consider. Will you choose to experience grace more often? While you think on it, we'll take a quick break to see what people have to say about us. When we come back, we'll hear what the crew has to say, and we'll talk tips and tools to experience more grace with Mother Nature. 
The Will You Grow Show will now take 60 seconds to check in with you. If you're wondering how to apply a Grow Show topic to your life, here's what people say about mentoring with Angelique. One of Angelique's gifts is, first of all, to be so in touch with herself and with nature that um, she can see what truth is, that I think maybe can escape people at times. I make a joke with her and I told her that um, she's like another opera. You feel the energy. She starts you on the path. She doesn't tell you what you need to do. She just listens to you and you kind of figure that part out for yourself. If you're nowhere right now, would it hurt to just meet someone that could be amazing? It's Angelique. <laughs> this is your girl. Um, <laughs> Self-care is not selfish. If you really want to dig deep and stop living on the surface, then schedule a conversation with Angelique. If you wish you had notes for today's show topic, your wish is granted. You can receive free weekly articles emailed to you every Sunday that match the show topic. And you'll have free anytime access to all prior articles, shows, adventure videos, affirmations, personal success stories, and the latest happenings at Will You. Here's what to do. Just click show more in the description box. Then click the link for your free weekly inspirational article. Type in your email address, hit enter, and you're set. You'll start getting free weekly articles in your inbox every Sunday. And you'll have free anytime access to hundreds of inspirational ideas and support from Will You. Get your free show notes by clicking free weekly articles in the description box. Welcome back. And now let's hear what the crew has to say about today's topic. I will say I have already, before even hearing some of this, been better about taking time for myself mm -hmm. or I guess protecting a certain amount of time just from work, maybe. Because um, especially, you know, when I wasn't, when COVID happened and I didn't have my old job, is any gig that came in, you know, sure, I'll be there, need the money, um, and I'm, s <laughs> I still need the money, but uh, it just, it gets to a point where you're sacrificing too much, uh, and maybe even for the client of just, you don't have time to give them that attention, so um, just this week I've had to cancel a couple things drop a few things and then tell some people no on some new stuff. Because? Um, it just, just... Took away from you? Took away from... Yeah, I mean, it to me, it, I don't want to put my name on something that yeah. uh, the quality maybe was compromised mm. or compromise myself and the quality of my life and, you know, my journey with my partner um, to, to complete that for that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know, it was a noticeable shift for me, I thought, uh, of just like, yeah, I can't do that, or no, I won't be there, um, or hey, I'm really sorry, but I'm not going to be able to complete this, um, which for whatever reason, even a few years ago would have seemed out of character or just not acceptable, um, you're growing, yeah. Baby, baby steps. Got there, yeah. 
the death of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is it the me death? trying to do yeah, everything yeah. for everyone. There you go. <laughs> and the birth and focusing of... Focusing on yourself. Mm-hmm. And the birth of... Glow up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that's what that made, made me uh, ponder. Thank you, Ben. And what about you, Neil? I think you've found the one subject I don't like. I've never liked talking about death. Especially before I go on a long trip. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I just, I don't know why. I I don't know if I'm... Obviously, fear is playing a big part of it. Do I fear death? I don't know. I don't... I just know I don't... I've never... Like politics and other things, I never have liked talking about death. I used to always uh, tell my my mom, of course, you know, I was young or like even a, maybe a teenager or something. We haven't talked about death in a while, actually. <laughs> but I would just say, if it's my time, it's my time. And right. I'd make her so mad to say that. But uh, I think I still feel that way. But as, as you get older, it's a little different. I mean, even just climbing up on a ladder now i'm like more aware of my own (laughs) mortality driving in this town (laughs) oh my gosh you face those those deathly hurdles on a daily basis sometimes but uh so that's that's something i have got to work on talking about death my wife's the same way when we start talking about stuff like obviously for her it's hitting close to home her mother's older and that's always in the back of your mind both of my parents are gone and I guess I've experienced a lot of death of people dying in my life and uh, so yeah it's not that I'm trying to be a cop out I'm just I need to process a little further and uh, think about what you talked about today and see if I can apply any of that so that I can talk about it and feel comfortable talking about it and not be afraid to talk about it. So apply it. Take the tips that she she stated in the last segment and let's see if we can all apply that to our life. You know, sometimes taking the huge leap of applying it to mm-hmm. an actual physical person that mm-hmm. we love dearly is, is too much of a leap. Yeah. So um, we might consider just applying it to literally a day. Mm-hmm. A day is born and eventually it dies and we have to let it go. Right. Well, if we might be able to apply it to some lighter yes. things like... <clears throat> You know, the dying of a birth of a day and the dying of a day or the birth of an idea and the letting go of an idea or the birth of a show, a play. Mm. Since you direct the children's theater, mm-hmm. <clears throat> a star is born. <laughs> the performance is being prepared. It's gestating and then it, you know, goes ahead and it, it's born there on stage. Then it's gone and, and then it's on to the next gone. Right. So... Um, would you consider starting to being open to looking at the birth and death of smaller items in your world? Yes. And just processing My shoes are dying. (laughs) There you go. There you go. They're gone. (laughs) There you go. Well, that's a start. There we go. Right. 
the soles right. of my shoes. Are right. Gone. And one of those steps was awe and wonder. So that's something that, you know, one could present to yourself about your shoes. I, I'm in awe of, I wonder what kind of shoes I'm going to get next. I know. That's, I wonder. It's an interesting little way to put it. You know, tiny little it's it's the opposite side of the same coin. Mm -hmm. My shoes are dying, 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 dying. Everything's dying. My shoes are dying, dying, dying. You know, yeah. we know people who think like that. Oh, yes. Or, yes, my shoes are dying. I'm so proud and happy to have had them. I'm so thankful that they have given me 100,000 miles or whatever it is. <laughs> I think of all the wonderful things I've done with those shoes. Right. And I'm in awe of wonder and wonder that they even put up with having me walk on them all this time. <laughs> I'm so thankful for them. And I'm going to even just allow myself to consider being curious about what's next. Just consider mm -hmm. it. Okay. All right. Awesome. And now it's metaphysical tool time. Today's tools consist of a stone animal and healing plant. As always, the information included is for educational and entertainment purposes only and are not a substitute for medical advice. As always, you are fully responsible for your choices. We do not encourage the worship of any healing tool mentioned in this or any video. We encourage everyone to appreciate the divinity within everything. Let's begin with today's healing color and stones. Ben, what can you share with us about blue crystals, dark blue sodalite, and blue agate? Today's info is from crystalvaults.com. When we think of grace, it can conjure up different images for different people. Some people may simply picture femininity, while others think of the fine art of ballet and the graceful dancing presented to us. But what does grace actually mean? While elegance is an included definition, courteous goodwill is the second definition. We might want a bit of grace in our step, but everyone could use a little more grace in their hearts. What kind of grace are you looking for? In either way you define it, crystals can help. Crystals can bring the finesse back in your step while filling your heart and mind with grace. Gracefulness is not a trait we are born with, but one we learn to acquire. Let the influential vibrations of healing crystals aid you in this journey. Like the color of the tranquil sea or the peaceful sky, it should be no surprise that blue crystals can bring grace back into our lives. Blue crystals bring you the color of water energy. Water energy is the energy of stillness, quiet strength, and purification. It embodies potentialities unrealized. It is yielding, formless, yet powerful. It is often thought to be the color of trust, faith, and patience. Blue crystals are the crystals of trust. When we seek to become more sincere, act more responsibly, or become trustworthy or faithful, these crystals give us the focus we require. Blue crystals are excellent aids in ensuring that we are acting out our lives as worthy of the trust of our friends, acquaintances, and community. While blue crystals bring us trust and faithfulness, it is the dark shades of blue, the deep waters, or the sky as it turns into night that can help restore our grace. The darker shades of blue are for enhancing respect and compassion in ourselves. Dark blue crystals teach us humanity, discretion, and honor, and they also help us act more charitably and focus our efforts on service to others. They teach us grace, sensitivity to the needs of others, and tenderness in our dealings. 
The beautiful deep blue rays in sodalite can focus your efforts on filling your heart and soul with grace. Dark blue sodalite can also be used for enhancing respect and compassion in ourselves. Sodalite is a stone of intellect. It is used to enhance clarity of thought, concentration, and focus. It enhances understanding of difficult concepts. Sodalite, with its earth power of a filter, is used to keep negative energy away from us. When we want help to see the best in others, to give others the benefit of the doubt, to see the good side of something, use sodalite. It is also a stone of friendship, solidarity, and commonality of purpose. Agate is another stone that fills you with not only grace, but trust in others and happiness, and they are used as healing stones for the throat chakra. Use blue crystals when you need to develop patience, reconcile differences, find grace, or seek forgiveness. Their rays are potent, and they can help us to change our lives to become more dependable and cheerful. They are helpful in dealing with grief, letting go of the past, and curing guilt. And our healing reptile for today is the snake. Neil, would you share with us about the snake and its pertinence to today's topic? The snake. I can. The following information is from worldbirds.com. Snake symbolism and meanings change from culture to culture. However, in most scenarios, it represents transformation, death, and rebirth. Few creatures embody the process of spiritual transformation so well as the snake, who must repeatedly shed its skin in order to grow. Snake medicine works through sexuality, reproduction, alchemy, and through accepting change. Snakes are protectors, a symbol of femininity, and are intimately associated with the soul's journey towards self-realization. It is a power that unifies, heals, harmonizes, integrates, and transforms. When a snake appears, we may be about to step into the unknown and need guidance. The snake asks us to move forward with faith and remain grounded, just as it does. It also asks us to look at important facts and dynamics that are impacting us. Whether it leaves a positive or negative impression, its presence makes an impression and should be considered an invitation to look for the positive benefits of the transformation and changes that are occurring in our life. If a snake has crossed our path, it may be asking us to shed off an old idea, habit, or even a person or relationship. It may be indicative of a new cycle in our life. Perhaps we are ill, feel threatened, or need help. The snake is asking us to keep positive thoughts, for a positive thought is the source of every event. Thank you, Neil. Good information there. And today's healing flower is the calla lily like the eggplant-colored calla lily that we have with us here today. The following information is from an article written by Julie Martins-Forney on the HGTV.com website. These elegant blooms have a long and rich heritage that embraces contradictory symbolism. On the one hand, the calla lily meaning expresses life, fertility, and rebirth. And on the other hand, it's a well-known symbol of death. The spike inside the calla lily flower is actually the true flower. The outer petal is a type of leaf. The ancient Egyptians and Romans recognized the phallic nature of the inner spike. The Egyptian culture adopted a calla lily meaning of fertility, while the Romans focused on the calla lily meaning of sexuality. 
These meanings come into play in the widespread use of the calla lily flowers in weddings. Over time, the partnership of calla lilies and marriage have produced calla lily meanings of marital bliss and true devotion. The idea of chastity is further represented in the calla lily's association with the Virgin Mary. Throughout art history, the pairings of the calla lily and the Virgin Mary is unmistakable. Thus, one series of calla lily meanings focuses on the concepts of holiness, faith, and purity. White calla lily flowers are commonly used in Easter services and have come to represent resurrection and rebirth. This is also why calla lilies are a traditional choice for funeral arrangements, death, and expressions of sympathy. Calla lily meanings at the funerals also embrace the idea of purification of a departed soul, especially when the blooms are white in color. So, to sum things up, to experience more grace, more of the time, we can first change our focus by asking, what can I accept right now? And what is transforming right now? We might also pray, take a walk in nature, buy a calla lily plant, and wear some sodalite or blue agate while we remind ourselves of our affirmation. I inhale and exhale grace. So what say ye? Share your thoughts and feelings in the comments section so we may grow in strength and willpower together. As always, we thank you for watching and sharing time with us. If you liked today's show, we'd be honored if you'd hit the like button to let us know that you like what we're doing, and hit the subscribe button and the bell to receive all new shows, and hit the share button to share this message with people you care about. We ask for these things because each time you like, subscribe, or share our videos, they become more visible via YouTube, which allows more new people to find and watch the video and receive inspiration and tools for their healing. Your likes and your shares support healing. That's what we're all about. And to receive free goodies from us and see our other YouTube channels, check out our description box. If you'd like some personal support to put down your burden of worrying, stress, and fretting over an impending death, please schedule your complimentary conversation with me by clicking the link in the description box. You will be held with care and compassion as you work through your experience. You can also go to willyougrow.com to learn more, and I'll look forward to speaking with you soon. And for now, we bid you adieu. Take excellent care of your very fine self. Revere each day, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Always with love, we send to you from Angelique. For more information about programs offered by Will You, Mentoring with Angelique, and to watch video success stories from clients, explore willyougrow.com. If you or your company are interested in inspiring our mutual audience by sponsoring this or another of our programs, let's talk about it. Boost viewer confidence and trust in your company. Call 1-833-WILL-YOU, then press extension number 6. Make sure to click the subscribe button to get reminders before upcoming shows.